0: The GameCube GameCube. was cool,
1: hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert.
2: So I was was having a dream last night, and I think the reason it has to go back to probably that day, I was watching a YouTube video, but it was a bass player on there, um, the bassist for Angels and Airwaves, which is Tom DeLonge's band from Blink-182. And I guess that that sunk into my subconscious because that night I had a dream that I was in like a mansion or like a cottage kind of thing, think like until dawn, and Tom DeLonge was trying to kill me. Like, he was following me around. He was chasing me. Think, like, Resident <laughs> Evil 2 with, what is that, Mr. X guy, the big guy that just doesn't stop the entire time no matter what you do. He's, like, the Terminator always following yep. you. So I had a dream that Tom DeLong was, was trying to kill me with, I don't remember what the weapon was. Luckily for me, I get up at 530 in the morning, so my alarm <laughs> clock woke me up and saved me from that nightmare. But he's a terrifying dude. He is a terrifying man.
1: I actually was talking to Marty Thompson, friend of the show, Marty Thompson, recently about Tom DeLonge. Oh, actually, before Mm. I go into that, can we put to bed how you say his name?
2: I say Tom DeLonge. You say DeLonge. I always
1: say DeLonge because it's, you know, it's the French, you know, DeLonge, Tom DeLonge.
2: He's he's from California. He's far from (laughs) French.
1: Because, you know, probably back in his family ancestry, it was like the De and Longe were kind of split up, you know? It was like kind of a DeLonge. And then they were like, no, well, we'll Americanize ourselves and then we'll call ourselves the long, but then like, it's, it's just as bad as like calling someone Gagne when they're Gagné. Yeah.
2: And then like, there's like the whole Nestle and Nestle thing with Europe saying it wrong. Sorry, mate,
1: Can I have a Nestle? A <laughs> Nestle bar? There's something about British kids saying Nestle bar that mm-hmm. just is like so wholesome.
2: It is a <laughs> Nestle bar. Yeah, I agree. I need I another don't Nestle bar. Yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> they, they do taste oh British chocolate's fantastic but yeah I'm pretty sure it's DeLong I don't know
1: it, it like I'm sure he says it DeLong so to, to honor his French roots I'll, I'll keep saying Delange.
2: sure the only thing I can think of the most recent thing I think I saw him in was the Joe Rogan podcast where he was talking about aliens as he does and pretty sure they introduced him as Tom DeLong from I think they still introduce him as the guitar player from Blink-182 <laughs> which has got to <laughs> suck
1: uh, interestingly enough, speaking of Blink, uh, did you hear that uh, Matskiba might be out?
2: Really? Mm-hmm. I did not hear that. No, I'm actually a pretty big... I know that it might be a divisive opinion or whatever, but uh, I'm actually a pretty big fan of Matt Skiba being in Blink. I love California, and even their new album, Nine, was pretty good, I thought. Yeah, it was decent. I'm, su- I'm sorry to hear that he's leaving, but I kind of think it's cool that they have just a rotating guitar player slash singer in the band now. Like, Well, this is just ro- theories.
1: This is just... I mean, oh. maybe by the time this episode comes out, it'll be true, but uh, this is just... I- I'm just stoking the fires of rumors right now.
2: Okay, well, I'm also one of the few Alkaline Trio fans that I know, so there's also that. I'm okay if he just goes back to that project or does his own solo stuff. I, I actually kind of like him as an artist. But...
1: I'd like to see Matt Skiba in more movies as an extra.
2: Yes, why don't you hit the fans with that trivia right there?
1: Yeah, I, for those who don't know, Matt Skiba of Alkaline Trio and Blink-182 fame actually appeared in The Dark Knight uh, as an extra in one of the scenes where the guy, uh, Reese, Reese, I forget his name, but the guy who's trying to out Bruce Wayne... as as batman he's being kind of escorted out and there's like a whole bunch of civilians who are angry like a big mob outside this these glass doors and uh, Matt Skiba is one of the people who is, uh, he's a tall guy, so he's behind everyone else and yelling at, uh, at to Mr.
2: Reeves. Yeah, he's got a very, like, recognizable face, because he's got, like, a very strong looking jaw, and his eyes are very, like, focused, and he just looks angry all the time. So, like, you can, you can he's front row, too. Like, he, he's not hidden. Uh, you showed me the clip when we were at the cottage a few weeks back, and yeah, it was clear as day, Matt Skiba. So, yeah, he definitely needs to start his acting career. Now's the time.
1: I think now's, now's the, the time. time. Yeah, he Maybe can be the new Batman.
2: Ooh, yeah. I actually did. You, Really quick, I love the trailer. I can't wait for that movie. I don't know if you saw it yet, so the, or if you're going in spoiler free. So is that
1: is that the one that Michael Keaton's going to be in? I believe so. yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's. I just I will watch whatever if Michael Keaton's in it. Oh hell know.
2: yeah, Michael Keaton's a, an American treasure for sure.
1: Just an American legend, an icon actually.
2: Absolutely. Maybe we'll start after this podcast is all said and done. We'll start the Michael Keaton was cool podcast.
1: I I like to have a, an icons podcast, and every week we talk about an icon that uh, we, we love. Uh, for me, I think I would start off with not Michael Keaton, but uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, because Jamie Lee Curtis is an
2: icon. <laughs> I'm down with that. That's a great idea. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis of the Activia yogurt fame. <laughs> That's how I know her best. And Freaky Friday with Lindsay Lohan. Fair. Uh, I was thinking about Mean Girls today a little bit. I think I'm going to watch that after we're done recording. <laughs>
1: okay. That yeah. unfortunately does not feature... Icon Jamie Lee Curtis, but it does feature no. Icon Tim Meadows. Yes, so <laughs> absolute treasure in
2: that movie. Oh my god!
1: There you go. That's another that that'll be part three of our Icon series. Is Tim I'm Meadows?
2: Gonna make, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to try and squeeze another Mean Girls reference into this episode. But ladies and gentlemen, this is the GameCube was cool podcast. It goes live every Thursday on your favorite podcast service. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcast. We're also new to YouTube. So you can find us there as well. You can follow us on Instagram at the GameCube Pod. We just want to give a huge shout out to our last week's episode, the Mario Sunshine episode, where we had, Mike, how many guests was it total? Did we have like 15 people? It felt like a lot.
1: We had, I think, about a dozen people on the show in terms of people writing in, people sending voicemails, and uh, people also being on the show itself. So that was uh, was awesome. Great episode. Great response to the episode as well. We thank all our listeners and fans uh, and just people who listened to the GameCube was cool for the first time.
2: Yeah, Welcome new listeners. Uh, We hope that you stick around for a little while longer. We are uh, closing in on about 20% done on our goal of reaching all 550 games in the GameCube library and we have a long way to go so we hope that you join us on our insane journey to read the back of every single case. And talk about our memories of the GameCube. We also just recently hit 2,000 downloads, which is also a pretty crazy accomplishment. Um, I did not think, Mike, I'm going to be honest, I did not think we were going to get to that point. Uh, Maybe by the time we were all done, we'd get to (laughs) 2,000, not within uh, uh, 15 episodes.
1: Yeah, just just crazy after uh, a little over 12 weeks. So uh, another thank you to everyone for helping us reach our goal of hitting 2,000 downloads by August. And I guess the next mark is 5,000. So we'll see uh, when we can get there.
2: Yeah, but this is episode 16 of the GameCube is Cool podcast. We're going to be covering all the Tony Hawk games on the GameCube today, which is a franchise very near and dear to my heart. Um, Mike, do you have any sort of any attachment to this franchise uh, from back in the day?
1: I do, absolutely, for sure. I think basically everyone around our age or anyone who grew up with any of the consoles such as PlayStation, N64, or GameCube would have a huge attachment to this franchise. But uh, I wanted to say first, that we have covered the other kind of MX Superflies and and Dave Miras. And so this is just going to be a Tony Hawk only episode. But we will obviously be referencing some of these games as some of them were, or most of them were actually made by the same uh, publisher and developer. And uh, a lot of them use the same engines, but... uh...
2: That same Criterion engine owned by Canon, which we talked about in the Extreme Sport episode, which there's a little bit of crossover here for sure.
1: Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I guess if we want to just start off like my... My memories of Tony Hawk and just like playing those games, it's funny enough, I, I think of h- hotel rooms when I think of Tony <laughs> Hawk uh, games, uh, specifically okay. for Tony Hawk Underground, which I played constantly in hotel rooms for whatever reason, you know, I don't ask what 10 year old Mike was doing, who-, who knows why he was doing this, but, but I would always rent Tony Hawk games when i was uh, away in hotel rooms and we talked about this a little bit in episode 13.5 road trips i mentioned about the hotel kind of scene and the idea that you can rent games in hotel rooms which i think a lot of people didn't know for me i my dad uh went uh, away a lot for business and i got to join him quite a few times luckily and uh sometimes in the hotel rooms we would rent games and tony hawk was definitely one of the premier ones
2: and Tony Hawk the Thug. We'll, we'll talk about Thug in a little yeah, bit. That thug. one was, yeah, that one was quite inappropriate for a ten-year-old.
1: I think that's why I rented it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one had some. That one got questionable.
1: Yeah, because yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure ten-year-old Mike was smart enough to know that uh, his parents wouldn't let him, especially probably his, you know, his mom wouldn't let him buy or rent this game uh, from Blockbuster. But uh, he definitely could get away with renting it for an hour at uh, in a hotel uh, room. So with his dad. So
2: (laughs) well, ten-year-old Mike was quite a sneaky little bugger. I must admit, Mm -hmm. Uh, I did not know that. That's fantastic. (laughs) Uh, I'll talk about my memory of the series. Let me uh, just—I'll give a quick history lesson on it, actually, because it's a very interesting franchise, especially for us being kids of the two thousands. It's definitely a like a cultural phenomenon for us. Not so much anymore, although I think it's coming back. But anyway, let's just travel back to 1998, if we may. Um, Developer, okay, woo. Uh, Developer Neversoft, uh, they're owned by Activision. They were developing two games for the uh, PlayStation 1. There was Apocalypse, starring Bruce Willis, another icon, I would have to say. And uh, they were also working on a tech demo for a skateboarding game. with their assets that they had developed they um they didn't have a full tony hawk game yet they didn't have tony hawk signed on so they developed this downhill skateboarding game uh with bruce willis on a skateboard really that that was that was the animation (laughs) that they had and they took that demo which was basically a downhill skateboard game where you're going off ramps and rails and things like that and you're racing against your opponent and when you reach the bottom you you land in a skate park where you can skate around uh, until your opponent finishes so you have something to do which i think is kind of interesting and that a lot of racing games don't do. Usually when you finish a racing game, you have absolutely nothing to do until your opponent finishes. (laughs) But what they found was they noticed that players would race for about 20 seconds, which is about how long it took. And then they would spend about a minute in this skate park having actually more fun doing that. So that's how Tony Hawk became this game. And they took that demo with Bruce Willis on a skateboard to Tony Hawk and they signed him on for Tony Hawk's Pro Skater on the PS1 and N64, which was released uh, later on in 1999. So since then, uh, there's been uh, 19 entries in the series. Today, we're only going to be talking about five of them. It's been on 21 consoles from the PS1 up to the Nokia gauge, the N-Gage, for those of you at home that don't know. It's been on a lot of things. It was not on the Gizmondo, though. Not. I had to check. It wasn't on the Gizmondo. <laughs> I literally checked that. It's been on the Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color, N64, of course, the GameCube. Publisher was Activision, who most people would know for the Call of Duty franchise. Activision wanted a racing skateboarding game. And as I said, Neversoft wanted them to make it this arcadey sandbox-style game, which is what they ended up shifting to. So Neversoft uh, developed the game from Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 all the way up to Proving Ground in 2007. And then there was Robo Moto, which developed Ride in 2010 to Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5 in 2016, and I think that's considered the ultimate dark age of the Tony Hawk franchise. I don't know anybody that likes those games. No. That era, that six-year era, no way. (laughs) Uh, But now we luckily have 1 and 2 being remade by Vicarious Visions, who most people would know uh, for Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. They're re-releasing Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remake on PS4 and Xbox One, which will be coming out. I believe two days after this episode goes live.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that is, uh, we should, we should say that that is the, the reason that we are putting this episode out is to kind of get on the hype train of, uh, Tony Hawk pro skater one and two coming out. I know a lot of people will be picking that up or at least, uh, are excited about it and just mm-hmm. excited just about the franchise being alive again, I guess in some way.
2: Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, Back in two thousand sixteen, when Tony Hawk Pro Skater Five was uh, announced to be made, uh, a lot of people thought that would be the revival of the series. But as the game got closer, it was pretty clear that game was going to bomb. Yeah. And I've, I watched a lot of lists this week, just reading up, and like nineteen out of the nineteen games, usually Tony Hawk Pro Skater Five is considered the worst. Yeah. So for the last four years, most people and fans of the series, like myself, have figured that that franchise is all but dead. And a lot of people really want Skate to come back, which is an EA. Uh, franchise but now it looks like Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 is going to be huge so far I've seen some early reviews and it looks positive I think
1: they're they're doing everything that you should for a remake of a game like this right so I'm I'm really excited about it
2: yeah no me too and uh it's good to see Tony Hawk back uh even though I had to do some research on Tony Hawk too because I feel like we have to he's like for like an athlete, like everybody knows who Tony Hawk is, just from these games mainly. Even if you didn't watch skateboarding or you didn't skateboard as a kid, you knew Tony Hawk was the best skateboarder in the world and probably still is for most people. Even though I had, I didn't know this. He's 52 now.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 He's he's getting up there, but uh, it's Man. it's funny because Tony Hawk. It's, I'd say there's only two people whose names have now become more associated with video games than their actual sport. And I would say it's Tony Hawk, of course, and John Madden. Uh, those two yeah. people have kind of transcended in terms of, of uh, their name. And it's pretty cool Like, because there's obviously a lot of different skateboarding legends, especially from that time, like Bob Burnquest and Bam Margera. Uh, yep. And Bam had that uh, that show too on MTV. Uh, what was it called? Viva Viva, Viva, la, Bam. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> Viva la Bam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I remember watching. And it's it's uh, this whole era is so in like, it's so tied to the Tony Hawk games. Isn't it crazy that I can just say the Tony Hawk games and anyone will know immediately what I'm talking about? Literally anyone who grew yep. up and or even just was around in that era. You see the Tony Hawk games, or you just see Tony Hawk, your mind actually goes to the games before it goes to skateboarding.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's really crazy. And same thing with Madden. Like as soon yeah. as you think Madden, you think football, like it's, it's, just yeah, those you two think the game. T- yeah. Yeah. The game foot. Yeah. The football game. And to a lesser extent, there's like also Tom Clancy and stuff like that, but no, Tony Hawk, he, he's actually a really smart guy. I was just reading up on the deal that he made with this game. He was offered a half a million dollars just to buy out his name before the game was released, <laughs> which he, he turned down. Yeah. Luckily just like the last second decision he decided no i'm gonna i'll just keep the royalties and things like that so when the game was at its peak sales like in the early 2000s late 90s he was earning six million a year uh on game sales yeah so he was making bank dude the the franchise has generated 1.4 billion worldwide since 1999 so yeah like this game was a phenomenon back then it sold hand over fist game mostly on ps2 and playstation 1 it wasn't so much big on gamecube and it's pretty obvious like when you go to a game store uh most mm-hmm. of the time you'll see all the tony hawk games on ps2 on the shelf but game gamecube you might find one of them
1: yeah it's uh it's it's funny but i think it was about the demographic as well where like tony hawk games weren't a family-friendly kind of style that nintendo was known for while well, you know anyone who had a playstation were the people who were gonna buy this game anyways I, i'd imagine the attach rate for some of the Tony Hawk games would or just if you just took like everyone's PlayStation and see if they have one of the five or six Tony Hawk games that were released for PS2, it would be pretty high.
2: Oh, absolutely. And then just uh, one more thing before we get into the games, just a quick RIP to Neversoft, which is the developer of uh, the Tony Hawk games. They also developed Spider-Man, uh, all the post 2006 Guitar Hero games, Gun. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the game is called gun yeah um, yeah we'll they, be talking
1: about that i'm excited about we will that.
2: be yeah no for sure they in 2014 they merged with infinity war to make call of duty maps and they went defunct that exact same year uh <laughs> i love that my favorite story of that is that the remaining employees from neversoft they had like a they burned their logo in the parking lot or i think it was the parking lot but they burned like the eyeball logo of neversoft parking <laughs> lot just as kind of like a send-off to the franchise or oh, to the yes. developer i love that me too when our podcast is done we're going to burn the GameCube's cool logo we're going to burn the gamecube, cool <laughs> burn the- the GameCube. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god no there's so few of them <laughs> okay right, we'll, well, we'll
1: burn the sega saturn th-
2: yeah okay that's probably I, for a second i thought you meant the dreamcast i was like no, no there's even fewer of those no, please please no <laughs> not no not the dreamcast all right so anyway now's probably a good time to transition into our 100th game that we have covered on the podcast that's right. This is our 100th game. Can you believe it, Neil? It's been 100 already. We're,
1: you know, there's 555 games. We're 100 through. That's, that's pretty, that's crazy.
2: I'm, I'm, I can't believe it at all. But anyway, friend of the show, Victor, created a jingle for our 100th game. Victor, hit us with that jingle. That's game number 100. Is that it? That's it? <laughs> oh, I thought it was going to be a little more than no, that. No, sorry. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, to cover the Tony Hawk Pro Skater f- 3 and 4, we have friend of the show, Stefan, joining us today. Stefan, how are you doing today? Good afternoon, gamers. Ooh. We have a, we have an experienced YouTuber here.
3: Welcome. <laughs> hey, comment, like, subscribe, all that.
2: You sound like a young TJ Miller. Has anybody told you that?
3: I really Didn't he escape to China or something? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything about new T.J. Miller. I just know him from Deadpool and like Cloverfield. All about young T.J. Miller. Man,
3: I forgot he was in Cloverfield. Oh yeah, he's
2: the guy with the camera. Yeah, he's the guy. He's the camera. He's he's he's, he plays you in Cloverfield. (laughs) And he's also in, of course, Yogi Bear. A classic. So we're going to start
1: off with uh, two questions here. First question is: Growing up, did you own a GameCube? I did not.
3: I was I was a PlayStation guy. But the reason why I was a PlayStation guy was because my best friend always had the Nintendo system. So I'd have the PS2 or the PS1. He'd have the N64 and the GameCube. So we'd, you know, it would work out. So
1: uh, what, uh, do you remember what color your friend had for
3: the GameCube? Yeah. Let's talk about Stefan's Okay. <laughs> so we can talk about my friend, my friend Max's GameCube. Yeah. Um, it was, he had a purple one and then it broke. So he had a silver one. Hmm.
1: Ooh, that haven't been too many silvers on uh no, on the those think the, yet.
3: i think the silver ones came out later so like no one had them who was like a real gamecube guy you know yeah. yeah i
1: think i think neil and i uh we figured out that a lot of the silvers came in the bundles later on like the double dashes or zelda bundles yeah it
3: must have been one of those i remember he had a uh he also had a wave bird controller Nice. Oh my God! Wow. Uh, which was a nightmare because if you had the microwave going, it was next to the kitchen, his living room, and if the microwave <laughs> was going or something, it would have interference, so you That's couldn't right. play. That's <laughs> right. Um, control the so microwave.
2: With the wave bird.
3: <laughs> Imagine you could set oh, it for two minutes; it'd be, be perfect.
2: <laughs> no problems there.
3: But uh, yeah, basically, we'd always have the he'd have the wired orange controller, which there was never an orange GameCube, as far as I know, right? It was. But there, was there was orange controllers.
2: Japanese. Game so Cube, there was but, an orange GameCube. Yeah. Yeah. America got oh, orange controllers. Okay. There was, yeah.
3: That explains it all. Yeah. So they had an, he had an orange controller and a, and a silver WaveBird, and I always got the yeah. WaveBird, which I thought was cool until I realized that it was putting me at a disadvantage. <laughs> Indeed
1: it was. Especially playing games like Smash or stuff like that, where like, the, the <laughs> lag was huge. Yeah. It's, it was such a cool feature. But
3: yeah, if you're trying to nail like a, you know, I'm just thinking a Madonna, you know, it's tough. Mm. Timing is important.
2: When you're trying to it's... nail Madonna, timing is definitely important. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so on that note, what was your first memory, you'd say, of playing either pro, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 or 4?
3: So I remember playing Rio at my friend's house uh, yeah. very clearly. Mm-hmm. And I know that's not the first level. I never really played since... I had it on PS2... Uh, my other friend had on PS2 and I just stole his save file because I stole his memory <laughs> card. So I'd you. Because he had everything unlocked. So I never actually played any of the classic modes. I just kind of free skated and then redid okay. combo and stuff. But this guy, uh, I remember we would play Rio and he would just, you know, he, I don't know what he did, but he'd just hack into weird areas. I feel like he may have had a Game Shark or something. But it was.
2: Yeah, Rio's kind of like a non level. Yeah. Yeah. Rio yeah. is one of the levels where you have 1 minute you have to go through it twice and then you get scored and you have to score a bronze, silver or gold medal. And yeah, so Rio I think is the third level in Tony Hawk Pro mm-hmm. Skater 3. Um but, but yeah, you could go off the map. I don't know how you did it cuz it is just like a skate park in the middle of the city.
3: Yeah, he disappear, he would disappear into like the background of the, the level, like on top of like whatever Sugarloaf Mountain was in the background and I'd be like <laughs> damn,
2: dude. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, no, you missed out on the first level of the game, which is arguably one of the best ones, the Factory Foundry.
3: Oh, I know Foundry. I know Foundry well. Yeah. It, I, and I, I think I played that <laughs> one on Classic because you would dunk, like, a guy.
2: In, yeah, yeah, you drown the uh, the foreman or whatever. You have to soak the foreman. That's one of the, uh, yeah. that's one of the things you have to do. And then Canada was, was the second <laughs> level,
3: which we love Canada. I did a little bit of research. I didn't realize that the Canada level is a combination of Vancouver and Calgary. Oh, is that I
1: always assumed it was out west. Like that well, was like it had the right, totem yeah, pole, figured... right?
3: So I thought I always thought it was Vancouver, yeah. but it's based off of the Olympic Park in Calgary. Oh, oh okay. interesting. So in- yeah, I did okay. not know that.
2: That's in- I knew it had nothing to do with around us. Like there's lots of snow, there were squirrels, which I can relate to, but other than that, it felt yeah, definitely like something Alberta ish. Most
3: relatable character in the game was the guy who was peeing off of the ledge into the water.
2: <laughs> and of course the guy with his tongue stuck to the pole who you have to uh, you have to free him <laughs> from, yeah, his, that's right. from his pain. That's awesome. So was this an early game for you? Like, Did you play this early on on the PS2 or GameCube? Or was this like a later game?
3: I, I would have got it probably... My first game would have been it, I think. That mm. and... On PS1, I had Twisted Metal Small Brawl. But that's the... Oh. <laughs> but that's like the only other game I had. I had two games. I had Small Brawl and... Tony,
2: Tony, Tony Hawk Hawks. Pro Skater 3? Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's my. It's one of my earliest GameCube memories is Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3. Uh, one of Mike and I are... Uh, I guess our shared friend from when we were kids, John Mark. Very is that French <laughs> enough for you? Uh, he, he, had, he got the GameCube at launch, and he got like all the like James Bond games, sports games, and he also got Tony Hawk Pro Skater Three. And I remember we went to a, a sleepover, and this was like the first night I ever played GameCube. And all I remember is playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater Three to the point where we didn't want to go out for dinner which was like the point of his birthday. (laughs) Everyone just wanted to sit inside and play on the Canada level uh, and just goof off and do grinds and do weird tricks because it's just such an addicting gameplay loop of just two minutes, do as many tricks as you can, collect skate, collect the tape. I love this this just layout of how the game runs and works and how satisfying it is to nail tricks and and tie together combos. This was my second game that I got for the GameCube. I got Spider-Man 2 with my GameCube and then about... And then yeah, and then I got some gift cards to Oh, Fantastic Video Game. We'll talk about it soon <laughs> enough. And th- and then I got a gift card to EB Games for probably 20 bucks at the time, and I got Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 used. It still has the used sticker on it. I got it for 17.99 back in 2003, I guess. It was 3 3 or 4. So, yeah, it. And I played it to death, and I've been playing it to death this week, and my <laughs> god, it's still good.
3: Yeah, I actually have a mark of shame with my PlayStation copy. Uh it i had the original one like the at launch but then I, I lost it or something someone stole it there was some shifty business going on but then i had to buy the greatest hits edition and i remember my friends would judge me for having oh, like yeah. the greatest hits reprint instead of the original and i was like this is what elitism is like and you're going to have to live with it for the rest <laughs> of your life
1: you're getting judged <laughs> right now
3: yeah i'm not an og <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like it's like starting to play mario with the with the virtual console and wii give me a break no that doesn't
2: count that doesn't count as mario
3: <laughs> so i guess speaking of like tony hawk and like playing it for the first
1: time what what was the main differences because i never played a lot of tony hawk pro skater I, i'm an underground guy that's kind of what i grew up on and so like what are the main differences i guess between pro skater three and four i okay here's what i would say
3: three iconic game it's probably the last i would say the last remnant of kind of the classic tony hawk like one and two and three you have the two minutes and you have to do like all of these goals in two minutes and i would even Mm -hmm. count matt hoffman's pro bmx as a similar formula yep yep uh same and actually there's a fun fact there but the fourth one is almost kind of like a transition between three and four where you free roam around to your goals and the goals have time limits just like thug and also i would say the levels are way better in tony hawk three personally yeah but there's one level in Tony Hawk 4, which is from Matt Hoffman's Pro BMX 2, Chicago, which is another really great one. You have to put down a bridge, which is like always a fun
2: time. As That's right. Oh, all okay, skaters yeah. have to put down a bridge at least once in their life. That's just part of the part of the career. <laughs> or, open, or
3: open a bridge like in Tony Hawk's Underground. <laughs> In the New Jersey. Level oh, yeah, that's where right. You have to, you have to get <laughs> yes, a car. Yes,
2: exactly. No, and both games, like, even though they are somewhat different, like you said, four is a bit of a transition from three, they both received uh, very good reviews. Like, they're both around nines and tens yeah. on all the reviewed sites GameSpot, IGN, Metacritic, things like that. So, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 is the highest reviewed uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater game, like, all in all. Mm. It's considered the best one on Metacritic with a 97. Sounds wow. about right to me. So, not too shabby.
1: I mean, that, that is the game that I hear the most, mm-hmm. like, in terms of the, of the... I know a lot of people, like, consider Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 mm-hmm. the best, but that is mostly because of the soundtrack. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. I would have to... I would say, <laughs> say that, <laughs> argue. I think that
3: based on your age, it's one of those things where, like, if you're two years older... Yeah. The second one is the one for you, but... I think that Tony Hawk's three is like modern looking enough. It has more fun arcade physics than the first two. It's just a good time. I think it's honestly just a perfect blend of everything, especially at that point.
1: And that was like, not only in Tony Hawk, but just like the peak of like that era was, you know, that year of like 2002 uh, or late 2001 of just, like, this this era of, like, skateboarding and, like, jackassery, right? Yeah, <laughs>
2: exactly. We should have probably we should have probably set up front. We didn't actually... Uh, I forgot to say when these games were released, so I'll just insert this now. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 was released on November 18th, 2001, making it a launch game for the Nintendo GameCube. Developed by Neversoft, published by Activision 02. This game is available on a ton of platforms. It was on PS2, PlayStation, Game Boy Color, Xbox, Game Boy Advance, Windows, N64, Mac, of course, the GameCube. And then Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4 came out a year later, October 23rd, 2002, same developer and publisher, slightly less platforms, PlayStation, Xbox, PlayStation 2, Game Boy Advance, Mac, and Windows. For this to be a GameCube launch game is a pretty good shot out of the gate. Oh yeah, I
1: mean, like we talked about on the first episode, with like the launch date, like there was a lot of really good games, and I mean this one included. Now this one was released, I think October twenty eighth two thousand one on other consoles, yep. so it was a little late to the party for GameCube, which I think probably hurt its sales a little bit and just its reputation on GameCube because most people, and me included, do not think of the Tony Hawk Pro Skater like series on GameCube. We, th- I think of it on PS
2: two. Yeah, PS two or PS one. And the funny thing is, Uh, like,
3: I I remember no one had an original Xbox. Like, I had a neighbor who had an original Xbox. And they had Tony Hawk's, I think, 4 on Xbox. And they had an extra level, which was, like, an oil rig, which I never got to play. And I played the game for, like, four years on the GameCube and (laughs) PlayStation. And then you get over there, and it's a completely different experience. And you're like, why do I not have this? But no one played it because it was on Xbox.
2: It's like DLC. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's funny it's the original dlc mm-hmm. so let's talk about the soundtrack we kind of touched on it a little bit how Tony Hawk pro skater 2 is well known for its soundtrack i think Tony Hawk pro skater 3 soundtrack is up there as one of the best ones in the series uh Stefan, i don't know if like what tracks stand out to you from from this game dude. like when you think of Tony Hawk pro skater 3 what song comes to your mind i'm right just
3: away? i'm gonna look at the thing i think that the number one i think it's ace of spades by motorhead would be the number one Yep. And that song it yeah, played probably. every time you launched the menu. I feel like it played that song. And
2: Blitzkrieg Bob. Uh, no, I've, those were the two yeah, Blitzkrieg big, is the two big, big there too. tracks.
1: Yeah, that's that's the that's what I I know I I, I associate Blitzkrieg Bop with uh with the, that game all the time. Mm-hmm. I, but the the, it's, the Blitzkrieg Bop is in literally everything. I'm looking at like other games that it's in. It's in NHL 2K16 and 9, MLB 8 Rocksmith, Guitar Hero, NHL 11. It's on all the sports games.
2: Yeah, yeah. It, this era was it had, and we've talked about a ton of like extreme sports games and and BMX games and whatnot, and body jars. Not the same as in all of them. It's also in this game.
1: <laughs> oh my god, it is. Yeah, yeah it's an MX Superfly. Yep. It's in Jeremy McGrath Supercross
3: it's World. It's at least one of the
2: hockey oh games but we talked this about. This is an that, interesting that, that, that time. That song just showed up. I like think it's an
3: interesting time before like the early mid two thousands. Like pop punk wasn't on the soundtracks yet. Like. There's no mm-hmm. um. Yeah. There's no Billy Talon on here, and I feel like Billy Talon was on yeah. every sports
2: game.
1: Yeah, that's that's 100%. <laughs> yeah, there was no, like, Rise Against or anything yet. It had CKY
2: with 96. It's quite and, beans, well, you have which to have CKY.
3: You have to have CKY because Bam, yeah. I feel like
2: yeah. it, it was Can't in Bam's contract,
3: probably. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they even had Zebrahead, which was the first time I heard them. I didn't listen to them again until years later when I was in high school, and I was like, oh, yeah, these guys are from Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Can I just uh, say, too, that Alien Ant Farm has a song on here that's not really Sweet Criminal? Right, it's Wish. Ugh. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> wish. I don't know, man. I don't know about that. <laughs> it's actually a really good song. It's pretty upbeat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> good, uh, and, and a really good AFI song on here before oh, AFI got heavy. big. Uh, the Boy Who Destroyed the World.
2: Yep. The yeah. Boy Who Destroyed the World. Yep. Uh,
1: which I think is off of Black Seals on, the, on Over the Sunset, or whatever that album's called. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, it's off of their good album. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, it's it's actually, like, a a pretty good mix of, of bands that obviously, like, are pretty big and, like, uh, songs that everyone knows and a whole bunch of songs that
3: you've never heard before, which is, this is what a good soundtrack should be. Yeah. I will note that there's some songs that are included in the music, in the little videos that you get. You know, when you unlock things in the game, you get, like, clips of skate videos? Yep. There's some weird, there's some weird yeah. songs in there too. Like originals by certain skaters, like Chad Muska had a song that was in, Ooh. that was in his, vi- in their videos <laughs> and it, it was uh, not that good. Like, <laughs> No. <laughs> I'm happy he gave it a try. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I like
2: that. Not too shabby. And of course we also, we can't, we can't not mention the unlockable characters in Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3. The most, uh, so many of them.
1: Yeah. There's a lot in this one. Quite a
2: few. So you have like Darth Maul, Kelly Slater, Wolverine. Officer Dick, uh, Demoness, Ollie the Bum, Private Carrera—I think that's it—and then and then X Ray, which is just you can play as a skeleton. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> Private Carrera really awakened things for me at age eleven or twelve or whatever.
2: <laughs> Darth Maul was pretty sweet back in the day. Just anything he was in. Oh, because it... he
3: had the floating board, right? Yeah,
2: and he had his lightsaber too, which he could use. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny for stuff
1: like that because back in the day, I remember hearing about like these unlockable characters for all the the Tony Hawk games. And they're such—they're so mythical. As a kid, right? You have no idea how to actually get these. There's no internet, really. No, you have to talk to, you have to, like, to friends. Up. You have
2: to ask your friends. Yeah, and, you have to ask friends. Yeah, maybe you read, read it in a magazine or something.
1: And these friends are obviously going to be like, "Oh well, I got Darth Maul,
2: and I'm not going to tell you how to get him." <laughs> yeah, you have to figure it out for yourself. <laughs> well it was always like
3: one of those people who's like yeah you know like my but my friend who works at nintendo yeah said, Mar- yeah. said mario is actually in tony hawk
2: mario is in tony hawk we will get to that in a little bit though um yes in a, yeah in a later yeah later game you'll 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 see listeners will have to wait and see so yeah let's talk about the soundtrack and the characters in 4 if if we may I guess now's a good time so the soundtrack in Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4 was not bad Um, not as good as 3 in my opinion the bands that stand out to me we had Bouncing Souls Flogging Molly Goldfinger not with Superman they had Spokesman instead spokesman superman not as good uh, same, yeah, yeah no i
3: i have two i have two standouts from the soundtrack okay mm-hmm. yeah what do, what do you got one i i don't like acdc but tnt is in that is in that game and i remember it like so clearly <laughs> skating skating in kona at age whatever while TNT played trying to skate down this the dumb bowl that like the little snake track that you have to do yep. oh yeah Yep. just the nightmare Tip. and then um Mm-hmm. less than jake all my best friends are metalheads. yeah i
2: was gonna get to that one that was a standard in, in the early 2000s Classic. heck yeah straight off the digi- hot off the digimon soundtrack it had to make it to a tony hawk game of
3: course. <laughs> the digimon soundtrack and could it honestly could be a tony hawk soundtrack honestly yeah yep. it could be similar vibes there's a lot more Len on a uh, Digimon. But
2: <laughs> I guess so. I don't. I don't think the soundtrack is quite as hard hitting as uh, Tony Hawk 3, though. That's just where I stand. I
3: will note that Chad Muska actually did make some songs on the soundtrack this time.
1: Yes. Yeah, I noticed that too. Muska beats. Muska beats. Yeah, <laughs> with Biz Markie, who is uh, a good uh, early Wonder '90s <laughs> uh, hip hop with the "Just a Friend," which is a good
3: track. But, what uh, other Bismarcky songs exist? That's the only <laughs> Bismarcky song I know. <laughs> oh I
2: mean, I know he's
3: on a he's on a Beastie Boys song, but I think he's really just he just does just a friend, that's, which is yeah, good for him. Good for him.
2: <laughs> yeah, and then with unlockable characters, uh, this game also I, not bad. We had uh, Django Fett from uh, Star Wars Episode Two, uh, Iron Man, or sorry, Iron Maiden Eddie, the Eddie, the uh, the, yeah, the, the Eddie, yep. Eddie the Head. Yep. Uh What else do we have here? Mike Valle. I don't know who that is, uh, and... which
3: always concerned me. Like he—he's a pro skater. Why is he an unlockable? Just make him in the game. Yeah. Him in
1: there. Yeah. Which... You already have so many other ones in there, yeah, and they all come
3: automatically. He's not
2: allowed.
3: He's not allowed in because his face looks like a generic skater. So they just put him in game. <laughs> he's like the d- default
2: me character of the Tony Hawk series, I guess. And then there, and then there was Daisy, who is actually based on a uh, porn actress by the name of Jenna Jameson. Oh. Yeah, that's another good
3: one. I remember her. I remember her signature manual was just doing a dance, <laughs> not moving. That's a good <laughs> stopping on the skateboard that's a good, and doing. That, a dance. That's a good
2: way to sneak in that BMX XXX uh, vibe without going outwardly. Here are porn. Here's porn actors in the game I think they gave her. <laughs> yeah, never anything.
3: NeverSoft played it a little bit more close to the chest than uh, Dave Mira. You know, a little bit. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no
2: pun intended. Luckily, these games are both uh, very affordable because they're such great games. If you wanted to pick up either of them, they're both twenty bucks each. So that that's pretty good. Like on eBay. They're really easy to find, and they're cheap. So I would highly recommend anybody in the market for good GameCube games pick up both of these games.
1: Absolutely. Now, Stefan, before we let you go, is there anything else you'd like to say about Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 or
3: 4? Uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4 is the Majora's Mask. Of the Tony Hawk franchise. Wow. And I will not be taking any more questions on this.
2: Why does everyone compare <laughs> video games to Majora's Mask? This, this keeps happening.
3: This is the second I, episode I'm pulling, in a row. I'm pulling a Jacob. I'm, oh, okay. <laughs> <I decided.
1: laughs> you, have to... you know what? I'll I'll accept that. Sure.
2: You're allowed. <laughs> Excellent. You pulled a Jake. Well, thanks.
1: Thanks so much for coming on the show, and uh, we'll see you next time, Stephen. Awesome. Take care, buddy. Thanks.
2: Bye. Before we, uh, before we end this segment, I, we do need to read the back of the case for Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 and 4. It's time to read what's on the back of the case. There's things written on the back of the case. Let's read them.
3: And now we're reading the back of the case.
2: Welcome to my world. Okay. Skate as the legendary Tony Hawk or 12 other internationally known pros. Trick off everything in eight massive living levels. Improved skate park editor and create a skater. Now including female skaters. Incredible new tricks. Use the revert to link your vert tricks or bust all new flatland tricks. Featuring songs by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, what is this? Zibit and Alien Ant Farm. Exhibit. Exhibit. I don't know who that is. Who is that? It's, it's a rapper. Okay. Yeah, just don't worry about nah, it. Nah, it's fine. <laughs> Luckily, Alien Ant Farm made it. Everyone's like, "Oh, I love I love Smooth Criminal," and then they found out it wasn't. <laughs> Next, we have Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4. Drop into the ultimate challenge. Pros challenge you to make your mark in huge free-roaming <laughs> levels, taking on 190 progressively harder goals with no time limits to hold you back. Decide when you're ready to take on your pro challenge and move into the pro ranks. Whether it's a whole new game, build your skills, earn respect, and show that you've got what it takes to go pro. Do you have what it takes? No, Just I don't. Wondering.
1: Curious. I absolutely okay. do
2: not. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> that's it for those games. <laughs> Alright, well that was a good uh, good little segment there to cover the first two Tony Hawk Pro Skater games. Those are by far my favorite games uh, out of this series. But anyway, we're going to move in now to where the franchise took a, a different turn, but it's still very popular amongst fans of the Tony Hawk franchise, the Tony Hawk Underground series. So the first game, Tony Hawk Underground, also known as Thug for the fans, was released on October 27th, 2003. It's also available on Game Boy Advance, PS2, Xbox, Mobile, and Windows. If you wanted to pick it up today on GameCube, it's it's fairly pricey. It's about 30 bucks. This game's pretty hard to find. This is one of those games that definitely sold a heck of a lot better on PS2. I remember seeing this game at every friend's house that had a PS2. Uh, so this is where the game started to introduce uh, like a story mode, like you you created your own character and you go through almost like a career. This is a franchise that I mainly, I did not play as a kid except for at friends' houses. We were just, so I don't really know the story ins and outs. Mike, maybe you can talk to it a little bit more since this is a game more in your wheelhouse. Uh, I didn't, I was more of a Tony Hawk pro skater guy, more than a thug fan.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, for me, like we've previously talked about, I I, I am a huge fan of, of thug uh, and it's, it, I remember, I do remember when I first played it and it was really eye-opening because I had never really played the pro skater games and they didn't, I don't, I I don't want to say they didn't appeal to me, but I think I was too young. You know, I don't think I could connect with it as the way I did with underground because when underground came out, I was, or when I, would have played underground i would have been probably about 11 years old you know now i'm starting to get into that mtv era the, the, the jackass. jackass yeah and and honestly that's what uh, underground feels a lot like is there's a lot of elements from the jackass world especially underground too but in terms of the plot i remember that you they would always kind of show you all the like the famous skaters were in there like bob burnquest uh, and obviously tony hawk but uh, there was also your friend uh because you you're like a you're your own protagonist you're just like a random character and you have this friend eric and eric is such a douchebag i hate dude eric
2: Eric is eric is like something out of recess like (laughs) listening to him he's like that annoying whiny punk kind of guy eric is
1: like lawson from recess you remember lawson
2: yes he's exactly like that like as soon as i went back to i kind of watched like an abbreviated version of the plot of this game as soon as he started talking i wanted to kill him like he's (laughs) so irritating yeah he's like meant to be your rival you start off as kind of like buddies in new jersey Uh, You're both skaters trying to make it big. You don't have a lot of money. Obviously, eventually he kind of betrays you, and you have to beat him at skateboarding to kind of become the actual superstar. That's kind of in a nutshell what happens. It's very much like a, almost like a Pokemon rival thing, <laughs> but with skateboarding. Yeah,
1: that's that's basically what it is. But it just, but he's just a, such a dick the entire time. And like your 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 character is so nice to him, and your character doesn't even like at one point like kind of you know there's the ending is uh, or before the ending I guess like the climax is you're doing the the jump in Hawaii. It turns out that Eric actually like faked the jump, and it's uh this whole thing, and then you have footage of of the fake jump, but you don't use yeah. it at first.
2: No, yeah, your character does the jump over the helicopter, and he takes the tape and says that he did it. I think that's oh the that, idea, yeah but, yeah that's right. That's and right. And he gets famous on your jump, and then eventually it's proven that he didn't actually do it. Yes. Um. Yeah. That's what. That's how that goes down. There is
1: an alternate ending that I do remember that is really funny. I'm pretty sure that if you because you I think it's like New Game Plus. If you play New Game Plus clearly i play this game a lot <laughs> um when you, you can like knock out eric i think or like the protagonist or whatever the the guy's name is like you yeah, you, yeah. you knock knock out eric and you take the tape from him and like that's it yep
2: I mean, is that that's right exactly right yeah Sick. there's no skate off that yeah that, yeah you got it man there's uh yeah there's no uh like there's no, there's no skate, skate off, off or anything end. yeah <laughs> yeah so if the story has been completed more than once like if you if you're going through it a second time like you said the new game plus of 2003 there yeah you just knock him out and <laughs> yeah. then you take the tape. Back, I thought you? that was so cool. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. It's it's <laughs> definitely a different ending. Uh, it's <laughs> funny, but yeah, I know what you're saying how like this game felt a lot more tied to the jackass uh, culture at the time and it for me it felt like a departure from the the franchise that I liked whereas this one is more like It's a story and there's things going on in between and stuff like that you could get off your board and introduce that i didn't really love it i would have preferred like if they had done something like thug and then the next year they did Tony Hawk pro skater 4 and then thug again like if it was every other year i might have been a bit more for it but it felt like this is where the franchise was going
1: it's funny how this is definitely a trend amongst franchises at this time you know we've now we've talked about you know over 100 games and we've seen this as a trend for quite a few of these you know, just a few to point out. Star Fox Adventures, for one. You know, being yeah. able to get out of your ship. You have uh, Super Monkey Ball Adventures. You have uh, Pac-Man World. Uh, you yeah. have the Sonic, uh, like uh, the Sonic games, Sonic Adventure Battle. And again, all these adventure quote-unquote games that you kind of kind of go off on your own. And this, this was all based on one thing. And this was all because of GTA. This is kind of yeah. where the adventure style came from. Because GTA 3 comes along in, in 2001, I believe. And Mm -hmm. it, it just completely changes the gaming landscape. Now it's like, oh, I can, I can do whatever I want. Like I can go around, I can beat up hookers.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like this game was getting the Tony, the thug underground, uh, franchise that was getting close to the BMX triple X that we were talking about earlier. It wasn't quite that raunchy, but it was, it was close enough that like, I was wondering with the first, uh, three Tony Hawk games at this point, you're playing only as pros, Whereas this one, like you play as Tony Hawk or any of those guys, and then in this one you kind of create your own guy. Yes. Uh, your protagonist. That was just because that pro they didn't want to use pros because of the questionable yep. activities that they knew you'd be doing in this one. Like you you go to like a drug addict house and things like that. Like they didn't want the pros to be associated with that type of thing. So they're only in cutscenes.
1: So that was actually that wasn't the studio, that was actually the pros themselves that requested if they were gonna do a game like this, that mm. their their names wouldn't be besmirched basically. And so that they would just be kind of shown as almost like a, almost like a mentor kind of to the the, yeah. the protagonist, uh, while taking the back seat, so right. so to speak of. I thought that was interesting how they were like, uh, no, we're good not being uh, a main character in the story.
2: No, yeah, they're definitely more of like a side character, almost like the Yoda to yeah. uh, to the younger the younger guys coming up. And I do love like looking at back at what was cool in terms of skateboarding, like everyone's using tape like video cassette (laughs) tapes to tape their board moves and everything like that there's no cell phones or anything like that it's very early 2000s punk and there's also a pretty cool thing like going back to the customization of characters the playstation 2 version had this option where you could send a digital photo of yourself to faces at ThugOnline.com. they would send you back a code which you could enter into the playstation 2 version and then it would automatically create you I did do a little bit of uh, investigating, Mike. I sent a photo of myself to Faces at Thug Online <laughs> this week. They, they, I got a bounce back; it doesn't exist anymore. But I always—that th- was a huge thing back in the day too—was creating your own character. We're going to talk a lot more about that in the wrestling episode, I'm sure. But I always was confused at like the size of the head customization. <laughs> How much variant variance do you need? <laughs> With the size of your head when you're making you in a game.
1: Come on, you know, head size. You know, I've big, never, uh,
2: <laughs> I don't know. I've never <laughs> looked at like a character's customization and thought, no, my head's bigger than that. Like, it's, <laughs> I don't know. It's one of those things.
1: It's Just to talk about the customization in general here, this was a landmark game in terms of customization. Like, oh my god. I just want to give – I know you've given a lot of praise to the pro skaters And how those kind of stand above for a lot of people, like, uh, above Underground. But for me, I don't know, Underground is like, that is such a good game. And it's, I love how it's made. Because it's for the fans, above everything else. And games do not do this these days. And they haven't done this for a long time. This Neversoft clearly was like, you know what? Like, screw it. We're just going to give them everything they want. You want to customize an entire park? Go for it. You yeah. want to create your own like levels, basically? Go for it. You want to create your own character and and like really customize your own character, uh, especially in underground too. You had a lot of options. Some of them were stupid, like you could customize graffiti and, and stuff that they would put on. That's what I'm always about too. I'm as we've kind of talked about before. I'm a designer. I, I specialize in user experience design, mm-hmm. and how I see user experience is give the person, give the user everything that they want, and that's what I love about.
2: Yeah. No, the customization, obviously we talked a lot about in Tony Hawk pro skater three and four, the, um, the, when you design your own skate parks, that was my favorite part of those games or one of my favorite parts of those games. Cause for me, you're a designer for me, like as a kid, I love building Legos and connects and stuff like that. So that was like doing that. And then you can actually play on it was just so cool. And obviously like I was a, I was a really bad skateboarder. I tried to be good. These games got me into skateboarding. I think but, they got like an entire yes, generation into skateboarding. 100%. But no one, I can never, I got an ollie at some point and that was it. So I could never do any of these things. And this game let me do that, which was amazing.
1: I think Underground, more than pro skaters, helped get a lot of kids into skateboarding and get them interested in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because it was such a, it, it was such a different kind of game. There were already games like Pro Skater, but like not in the skateboarding sense, but in the terms of like the games that did one thing really well. Mm-hmm. right and i feel like underground really nailed it in terms of just the idea of skateboarding the culture of skateboarding and encapsulating this early 2000s time in like a time capsule i think yeah. they did such a great job at that and mm-hmm. even like when you play it today it's like like there are there's stuff that's dated for sure yeah uh, but it's it it still brings back like a lot of memories even when i was playing some of it and just watching.
2: Yeah, no, going back this week to play these games again has been an absolute trip for me because I was like into skateboarding for about two years there. I read magazines. I went to our local mall had a West 49, which is like a skateboarding shop for people that don't know. You can buy your clothing and your deck and your shoes. I used to go there just to look around. So like going back to these games this week was absolutely insane like to just feeling like i'm 10 again like trying I, I i was actually i still have my skateboard it's in my garage i was kind of thinking like maybe i'll take it out but then i i don't <laughs> know how i don't know how the world well that will go but uh yeah. anyway we have to talking about thug we have to talk about the uh soundtrack in every tony hawk game they're almost always fantastic this one was insane it had over 78 songs which compared to the first few tony hawk pro skater games is i think almost twice as much for the soundtrack on Thug, uh you had Alkaline Trio, which we talked about up front with Matt Skiba, Bad Religion, who you and I both love, Hot Water Music, who are still around today, NoFX, Sublime, Jawbreaker can be heard uh during the Birdhouse skate video, so it's kind of like a hidden track in the game. So those oh, are like all bands. Yeah, those are all bands that I listen to today. These games got me into these bands. Like that's the- this is the first time I heard Bad Religion and the first time I heard NoFX and stuff like that and now I listen to those songs on repeat and I went back and found bands related to them. So just to get to get kids into skateboarding, into punk and indie music at the time, and even hip hop. There's tons of hip hop artists too, but that's not really mm-hmm. my my thing. Maybe if there's something there that you recognize. As...
1: Well, like the the soundtrack again, like great. And for all of these games, it, it was a landmark feature in the Tony Hawk games, and really hasn't been equalized since. No. And it really can't be because soundtracks are kind of a thing of the past with Spotify and the internet on every console and the ability to kind of have your own. Uh, sounds, yeah. but, uh, the way that they actually mixed the soundtrack for these games, especially for thug was really, really well done. And I don't know if you found this when you went back and played some of these games, but it sounds really good. Yeah, Like it, it sounds like it's, I'm playing it off of a record player that can't even be said about like the GTA games at that time.
2: Yeah, they sound like they were playing off of a radio. But yeah. the Tony Hawk games, like the sound of the sound design with the grinds and, and the boards hitting wood all sounds yeah. perfect in combination with the music being played. The voice acting sounded muffled, but if you had to pick between those three, I'm glad that the voice acting took a hit.
1: Oh, the voice acting was like, no one cared. No, anyways, right? <laughs> exactly. Like, but yeah, like the sound effects. Yeah, like you, you said there, like the sound effects were great. Yeah. Uh, the I remember, I've, I can like hear it in my head. I remember all like, the pain sounds
2: yeah the crisp that just (laughs) how satisfying it was to nail a grind and you hear that like sound as you go along and the board slides because this
1: would have been like pretty revolutionary for them to allocate a lot of memory Mm -hmm. to sound design in a game absolutely i I, I can't think of a lot of games that aren't normally music based that would want to put so much effort on their soundtrack on the way that it's mixed and on Mm -hmm. the sound effects themselves you know i think of games like ocarina of time which you know was revolutionary in terms of how you would use the music to uh, as the gameplay mm-hmm. but that was obviously part of it all along so obviously you're going to have a lot of memory allocated to that but for something like a skateboarding game like that's you would never even question that as an executive you'd be like why would i spend money why would i put time into like making sure these things sound good but good for NeverSoft for like really sticking to that.
2: No, for sure. And like with the like what we're talking about with the return with Tony Hawk One and Two coming out next. In the next few days like that soundtrack is also fantastic that'll probably be go down as one of the best video game soundtracks of all time again like that's just part of the whole return to form with tony hawk is you have to nail a great soundtrack and it's it feels like that they're doing it toronto band pew 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 gonna be on there it's fantastic but yeah no like to have 78 tracks on a gamecube disc like high quality sound files yeah. that had to have taken up a lot of the space yeah, huge, like, right? Yeah, because that, that right there is like seven CDs or whatever. <laughs> like, that's insane. <laughs> Knocked onto a GameCube disc with a game to boot. And then the last thing to talk about, or second last thing to talk about with uh, Thug is the interesting unlockable characters that you can get in this game, which we we'll ta- we obviously talked about with three and four. So moving on with Thug, we all had uh, Gene Simmons, Iron Man. Iron Man. Yep. Yep. F- I remember Iron Man. Fantastic. Which was the Iron Man pre-Marvel Universe, so it looks like the comic book Iron Man, not yep. the Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man. Uh, there's Thud, T-H-U-D. He's kind of like a um, creature from the Black Lagoon uh, based oh, on the okay. 1984 horror film Chud. Factory Worker, who basically is Mario. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that or you've seen no, this. No. I, I,
1: I've, I've, the only ones I've ever unlocked were Gene Simmons and uh, Iron Man. Iron Man. Yeah. I, especially, I remember Iron Man very vividly.
2: Yeah, there's a whole bunch of characters from the game, like the CPUs from the game that you can unlock. But there's this one that caught my eye. I watched every single screen of the characters you <laughs> unlock, and that one caught my eye because it was literally a guy with a red shirt, blue overalls, mustache, and a hat. So oh, it definitely Mario. is. A mar- wow, yeah, that's cool. They snuck Mario in there. <laughs> and then the rest of Kiss, you can also unlock all the guys, so Paul Stanley and whatnot. So they're there so as well.
1: Y- are you telling me that Amish boy is
2: not an unlockable character? unfortunately i don't i don't think they got away with amish boy
1: (laughs) (laughs) but he's in bmx triple (laughs) x
2: well that's bmx triple x this is a far different game than that
1: (laughs) one thing i do want to say before we finish off thug is uh i just want to say i again i love the game like it's 10 out of 10 for me it's one of my favorite games of all time Hmm. but there is one thing that sucks that is so bad and it's the driving why are there cars in this game
2: I think they just wanted like an absolute customizable, just a goofy game. That's the thing about this franchise that kind of turned me off of it was one thing I didn't like to be tied with Jackass too much because as a kid, I had a legitimate fear that if people thought that I liked Jackass, they would ask me to do Jackass like things (laughs) because I had, you know me, I had friends that did that stuff. And I knew that if they knew that I liked Jackass, they would bring me along to throw tennis balls at my nuts or something like that. So I tried to stay far clear from that. And yeah, the car driving, like you could drive a go-kart. It got a little out of hand, like go-karts, cars, cop cars, stuff like that. And yeah, the, and it wasn't good. But like you said, it was like GTA, right? Like you want to be able to steal a car. You want to be able to do this random stuff yep. in the streets with your skateboard. So they, they went as wild as they could. And yeah, uh, driving cars makes sense, but it wasn't well done.
1: Wasn't there a lawnmower in there too that you could drive or something stupid like that?
2: Yeah, I don't know what the wildest cars were in the game. I didn't get that far. Like, you played this game far more than I did. They um, sucked. The dry,
1: the <laughs> mechanics of it was so bad. I remember, like, that was, you just wanted that to be done with immediately.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, well, unfortunately, <laughs> it didn't, they didn't do too well in this one, but maybe they'll, uh, maybe they'll turn it out better in Thug 2. We will find out. But first, we need to read the back of the case for Tony Hawk Underground. Mm-hmm. You own the underground. This time, it's your journey. Break the rules, beat the odds, become a star. Tear it up in cars or other rides. Go from local unknown to superstar skater. Thug stars you as a skate punk out to make it big. Do whatever it takes. Run, climb, and of course, skate to make it to the top. Design your own tricks, decks, goals, and levels. It's your game. Yes, it is. It is my game. We must now move on to Tony Hawk Underground 2, which was released on October 4th, 2004, also available on PS2, Xbox, Windows, and Game Boy Advance. It was also released on PSP as Tony Hawk Underground 2 Remix. Uh, This game I own on GameCube, so I have a little bit more experience with this one because I bought it recently and I could actually play it this week. I don't think this game is any better than Thug 1. (laughs) I think it's, like, worse. I always thought that I played Thug 2. And I would always tell people, I was like, oh, like one
1: of my favorite games ever is Thug 2. Mm -hmm. And they'd be like, yeah. And I think this is a game that people have nostalgia glasses for. Because I I don't own this game, but I, I watched it. Uh, again because I, yeah I, I, I realized very quickly that this was not the game I played no. <laughs> that it was thug that I grew up with and um uh, yeah this one is way more tied to the jackass era than the other one is the other yeah. one is is fun but it's like you you can still play it today and just be like oh, okay like this this you know has certainly aged but it's it's like a nice time capsule of what was and you can still go back to it without being fully thrown out it's it's questionable at best some of the things that
2: happen in that game <laughs> yeah i was so confused i mean like we'll talk about how wild and zany it gets which was it was just complete utter chaos at most times but i was like, like i went back to tony hawk pro skater 3 first and the game still looks incredible like and it sounds good and everything but tony hawk Pro or tony hawk underground 2 it looks bad like it doesn't look yep. it's running but it's running on the same engine
1: yeah it's it's weird and even like we didn't say it for thug one but thug got about nine out of tens across the board yep in terms of reviewers where this one gets about eight out of tens across the board uh for yeah. the time uh and i've seen a couple of revisited reviews and thug again gets around nine eight point five, where this one it gets around sevens uh when people review it again and i know that's probably not a popular opinion i know a lot of people love this game but this is just kind of trying to take off those those glasses and uh play it in 2020
2: and it also brought back a mode it brought back classic mode which where you have 10 goals to complete in two minutes which is the mode that i love best from tony hawk pro skater three and four again it brought back some of the old and the new stuff but the story is just out of control and the (laughs) i don't know like you're you're on tony hawk's team against bam mcguera's team you're just doing random stunts around the world and the losing team has to pay for the other team's flight, basically.
1: So so I don't like that, that you couldn't choose between Tony Hawk and Bam Margera. Yeah. Like, I, I, I wanted... Because I, I would love to have, like, a good versus evil kind of thing going on. It's like, oh, uh. like, who, who do I get to choose, you know? Because Bam Margera always did present himself as, like, the... The edgier Tony Hawk, you know? Yes. And so so I think it would be really cool to be able to choose. It's like, what do I want what team do I want to go on? Like what what path do I want to follow?
2: Yeah, or maybe like you start off on Tony Hawk's team or something like that. And then if you start to do more bad things, almost like uh infamous on PlayStation, like if you start to be more bad and things like <laughs> that, then they maybe Tony Hawk says, like, I don't want you on our team anymore, and then BAM picks you up on his team. And then maybe once you start doing good things, you go back to Tony Hawk's team, and then it's yeah. kind of like a good- Yeah, I see what you're saying. That would have been a cool Cool idea to change it up a little bit.
1: Man, the another thing with the game too is just like the buildings blowing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think that was one of the first times that like I saw like these like buildings getting destroyed in not cutscenes uh, in a game. I think that was that was pretty cool. But but looking back, and I'm like, yikes, this is not great. No, it it does <laughs> not age. This
2: game of the games <laughs> that we've talked about so far, Age is the worst by far. Um, yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. It's and it's the same price. Like if you're looking for Thug Two on eBay, like the price is about the same. It's right around that thirty dollar mark. There's a really cool mod community for Tony Hawk. Oh, great! Uh, I was
1: going to talk about this too.
2: Look at that! Yeah, Thug Pro community, um, yep. made out of the Thug 2 engine. Uh, the concept is to use that game's mechanics in every level from every single never Soft Tony Hawk game. It's been in beta since 2013, but uh, I think that's a pretty cool project. Have you Have you watched gameplay of it? No, not really. Have you Have you yep. jumped in on that? You're the PC yeah, guy Yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, I was. Wa- I haven't played it, but I was to
1: research this episode. I was watching footage. Sure. It got me like. A little sad because i was like oh this is this is like this is what you need this is perfect mm. they've done such a good job on it and uh, i wish um i mean r.i.p neversoft but i, I wish like they would just do this
2: would you buy that faster than you would buy the tony hawk pro skater one and two remake coming out i
1: would yeah yeah because mm-hmm. for me I, I didn't grow up really with uh, pro skater one and two it was it was underground for sure And there are parts of underground too that are like cool, that are fun. And obviously having all the tracks from the pro skaters as well in an underground game, Mm -hmm. that's everything you could have ever wanted right there. Yeah. So it's, that's, Mm -hmm. they did a really good job uh, in terms of just like these, like this community. I know the community still goes pretty strong. So it's nice to see that they're getting some recognition.
2: Yeah, that's neat. I love I love when the games from the two thousands get recognition on uh, on PC modders and things like that. We talked about I think the last time we had anything like this was the Simpsons episode where we were talking about Hit and Run, mm-hmm. uh, having that modder community. So I guess this is the next one. Uh, we've had that one melee and uh now tony huck underground too
1: and we had uh, super monkey ball as well
2: oh sure yeah super monkey ball yeah
1: uh another thing to talk about with that modding community just to kind of end off for the, that part of it is uh, there's actually the online multiplayer too that they do which is so cool oh, like neat. that as as a kid that is like i would have died to have that to be able to play people just online and mm-hmm. like practice my flips and stuff against yeah. them That that would be really really neat
2: Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, if I for me growing up, the only other person I knew in my immediate friend group or all that ever had any interest in playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater three with me was my sister. And I was, if she's listening to this, I'm sorry, but like she was not great, so it wasn't fun. (laughs) It wasn't fun to play. Like it was like I just kicked her ass every time. I'd get like. Fifty thousand points in 10, in a minute, and she would get like ten or whatever. So I was like, "Yeah, to go online with a game like this, it's completely skill based." I can't wait. I'm obviously that'll be on the remake coming out, but the GameCube didn't have online, so you yeah. had to play with whoever you could pass a controller <laughs> to. So that was just sign of the time.
1: Now, what game was was it where you could play as a guy in a wheelchair?
2: That was this one. That was Tony that was Hawk this. too. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: I remember this as a kid. I remember going on the tracks as the wheelchair guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the
2: the idea is that like when Tony Hawk and Bam are picking uh, characters to be on their team for this event, it comes down to you. We should probably have said that this is a complete. A sequel to the first one it's you the protagonist and eric from the first one yeah is back. yeah
1: eric is back He's yeah like, can, we, can we talk about that for a second well hang on let's is... <laughs> oh,
2: yeah okay i mean and, and then he picks between oh, sorry, you and the sorry. kid in the wheelchair and they picks the kid in the wheelchair and you end up on tony hawk's team anyway eric's back
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> how did this guy get back i don't you, know you start off the game and then like, you, you get like thrown into the van or whatever i think yeah uh and straight um, up kidnapped like yeah, yeah straight up kidnapped and then it, it, it turns out to be tony hawk and uh, bam but it Like pans over and Eric is beside you and all I could think of is like what? How did this guy get back in? How was this not guy not like disqualified for
2: life and yeah. banned
1: from skateboarding?
2: And why is everyone cool with him being here? Like <laughs> yeah. it's really strange. Yeah, that was bizarre. Um, but yeah, this is the game where you can play as uh, the kid in the wheelchair. You can also play as Shrek.
1: Yes, <laughs> yep. I, I, I did know that.
2: Yep. Probably the best one. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, this game definitely sunk a little bit in terms of characters you can play as. You can play as a Call of Duty soldier. You could play as a hand, which was interesting. You could play as an alien and you could play as Bigfoot.
1: Now we talked earlier about the most racist games for the GameCube, and I think BMX Triple X was up there for sure as one of the one of the best ones there. but become yeah, uh, racing,
2: of course, is always number
1: one. <laughs> but I would say that this one, like there's there's an Australian Aboriginal man mm-hmm. that you can you play as, and it's it's very like insensitive uh, when I was watching videos again. I yeah, mean, they, offended, like, wow. they offended. They <laughs> offended everyone in this game, though. So I think it's okay. Like they
2: had, they had. You can play as Chinamen, You could play as like yeah, Native Indians and stuff like that.
1: It was very like stereotypical. Like it was like, oh man. Like, I think even for the time, it was it was a little <laughs> a little edgy.
2: Hey man, remember you can't play as the pros, so it, it's okay as long as you're playing <laughs> as just the protagonist. It's okay, right? Yeah, the soundtrack for this one kind of sunk a little bit for me, too. It wasn't quite as, it wasn't full as as many bangers as uh, Tony Hawk Underground. One was, uh, we had Jimmy Eat World, Less Than Jake, just to call out a few punk bands in there. They also had Frank Sinatra, which I thought was kind of funny.
1: Yeah, and Johnny Cash, too. Y- it was yeah. like a bit of a varied soundtrack in comparison to the other ones.
2: Yeah, a little bit more experimental, but didn't quite hit as hard for me. But yeah, same yeah, here. That's all I have for my notes. I can probably read the back of the case now if you're good. Let's do it join tony and bam on the sickest road trip ever outrageous stunts team hawk versus team bam skate it destroy it ride crazy new vehicles leave your mark story mode two games in one because you had story mode and then you had classic mode
1: yes oh yeah okay so that was actually one thing that they brought in that was really cool was classic mode that was what i talked about there yeah yeah that was like the best thing that they did in terms of like bringing something new and Yeah,
2: I mean, yeah, they brought back basically Tony Hawk Pro Skater. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. that's what I wanted. So I guess I should say that I probably, I guess I should say I prefer Thug 2 to Thug 1 then. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have our last caller of the day to talk to us a little bit about Tony Hawk Underground 2. Friend of the show, Jed, is joining us. Jed, how are you doing today?
0: Good, I uh, messaged Mike just before. I was working out of town today, so I'm just driving home right now but I pulled over and found a parking lot because I just had to talk to you guys about Tony Hawk's underground too. <laughs> wow.
2: That's dedicated. That, that, that's yeah. a dedicated listener. I'm glad that you're not driving yeah. and or sk- maybe you're skateboarding while you're doing this right now. Are you in front of a skate uh, yeah. park or is anybody? skateboarding? Uh, I, I can
0: only skateboard um, with a controller in my hand.
2: I can't do it in real life. Mm. Yeah. Can't we all now just to ask you about, <laughs> about the Tony Hawk franchise. Did this, did this franchise get you into skateboarding as a kid at all? Like, did you buy a board thinking maybe I can do this?
0: Yeah, well, I got hand-me-down boards from my uncle, so they were already like 30 years old, um, <laughs> and there's no real skate parks in Morell PEI, so I didn't get super into skateboarding, but I did love this game. I know, um, I think Pro Skater 1, 2, maybe 3 are all being remade, so I feel like in general there's probably more love for that series, but this, The Underground 2 was was my game. I loved it.
2: Yeah, we've talked a lot about uh, Tony Hawk 3 and 4 being on the GameCube, and yeah, you're right, 1 and 2 are coming out within a few days of this podcast going live. I, I think we'll probably get an Underground remake of some sorts at some point, because like like yourself and Mike, uh, you guys are both huge fans of the Underground series, more so than the Pro Skater series, and I don't think you're mm-hmm. alone. So I think that if they came back with a remake of those two games as well, I think they'd be equally as successful as the hype that 1 and I 2 think are getting. So too
0: hmm did um i i played one underground one very briefly um i feel like most people played two
1: though out of the underground series so that's what i thought always and i in my mind i always thought that underground two is the game that i grew up with forever yeah. and but then this week going back I very quickly realized that it was Underground 1 that I had played. I had barely <laughs> ever played 2. Uh, oh, wow. I do okay. re- remember the ridiculous of 2. And also, 2 yeah. has a lot lower ratings than 1. Uh, really? Yes, which I thought was interesting. So maybe a lot of people are mixing up the 2. Who knows? But uh, hmm, Maybe. Well,
0: 2, they brought in the whole Jackass crew, right? That's right. I don't right. think they were right. part of 1. Yep. Yeah. So that was that was a big part for me. That made the whole story mode like fun and funny because of it. You can see the Jackass crew. Because they were pretty popular at the time they might have had the first movie out and their tv show was popular when this game came out um so everyone like there's a niche crew of people that love jackass maybe maybe a lot of people you know don't find that humor funny but
2: (laughs) well it um, it was really popular in that because the uh Hawk underground 2 came out in 2004 which is that pre-youtube era and jackass is basically youtube before youtube so yeah, that's yep. why it was so big. And this was like a jackass simulator with uh, yeah. Tony Hawk Underground Two. Pretty much. One was one, yeah. yeah. One was a little bit more grounded. Yeah, I think he
0: can play as like Bam, Stevo, Wee Man. I think Johnny Knoxville's in the game at the end. Uh, maybe even Bam's dad, Phil. <laughs> yeah, is in the game. Bam's
1: dad. Yeah, he he is in the game. Yeah. There are so yeah. many characters to unlock. <laughs> and and yeah. it it kind of feels so like this this game kind of feels weird in a sense because it doesn't feel like a tony hawk game it feels like a bam margera game <laughs> like more yeah than anything. i can
0: see that i think he's on the cover right
1: <laughs> he, yeah, he is on the, on the cover with with tony hawk yeah mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah so i bet he i bet bam had like a bunch of influence over the actual story of the game because the story is pretty ridiculous it is <laughs> and uh the whole yeah. world destruction tour yeah so it's like all the, the most famous skateboarders in the world are secretly competing against each other all around the world and then the media finds out and they start following them around um it's basically the general story um i love so the the story is unrealistic the gameplay is very unrealistic but that's (laughs) that's what i love about it if you you can do like the easiest little 1000 point combo you could do in this game is borderline impossible in real life That's how. That's how crazy the tricks are.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, that's every Tony Hawk game. Like, there's no way you could do half the like tying together a ninety thousand point uh combo is is absolutely impossible. Like, you can skate all the way around. Like, there's no way you can build up that much momentum to grab (laughs) that much height. No, like it's every game is unrealistic, but that's why it's fun. But But,
1: underground, especially like Jed said, is is way more than than pro skater. Like that's like a whole other level.
0: Yeah. You can just set your board down and then start going uphill without even pushing off.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember, I be. remember doing like, like, like the tricks off the, the side of the walls, especially those yep. were ridiculous. Like you could yep, do some crazy cool. stuff with that.
0: Yep. And you're, like I said, you're all over the world. There's Spain, Berlin, I think Australia in there and New Orleans. There might be more, but yep. those are all I can remember. Oh, I was
1: going to, I want to, one of our questions that we wanted to ask was, was what was the most memorable track in your mind?
0: Um, now that I'm thinking about it, I really liked Australia. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't know why it was, they're all pretty small areas. Australia, I remember was really easy. Like there's a lot of areas where you could just get a huge combos. Um, Berlin was cool though. You can skate the Berlin wall. You can spray paint the Berlin wall, like like the real wall.
1: (laughs) And I wanted to ask too, because obviously since this is a Tony Hawk game, uh, it's all about the soundtrack. Now, are there any songs that really stick out to you in your mind when you think of underground?
0: Um, so the, the playlist is amazing. I still listen to it sometimes oh, Probably yeah. once a year, I'll go on Spotify and listen to this playlist. I remember, uh, me and my buddy Rob listened to this playlist on repeat when we were like studying for university exams. Just <laughs> <because>. <laughs> so that, that motivates me. Um, yeah, the, what songs stick out? Um, I think Mike Valley's band has a song in this. He's like a screamo guy. um, like he's one of the skaters in the game. Okay. I remember Frank Sinatra. Yep. Yes. For some reason in this yep. in this soundtrack, and then the rest of them are just like grungy songs. Um, Ring of Fire also by Johnny Ring Cash Fire, is in this. Yeah, yep. Johnny Cash is in it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. For me, it's more about like the punk bands that are in these games. So there there weren't that many in this one. And like standout ones yep. for me were like Jimmy Eat World and Less Than Jake.
0: Jimmy Eat World. Yep, yep. Yeah. That's why they call the Union is a good song on on this track. It's yep. a fantastic song. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the the soundtrack is awesome. I I didn't really play many of the other Tony Hawk uh, games, but are, is the soundtrack comparable? Is it like the same vibe?
1: It's uh, it, I'd say Tony Hawk Underground Two is the one that kind of went the farthest in terms of being diverse in their music uh, like taste. Uh, mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. like like one to three, I would say, are all very much just um, focused on like punk uh, yep. and like nothing else. And then it kind of started to deviate with four Underground One and then two. Right.
0: Yeah, that that's kind of like punk was skateboard music at the time.
1: So yeah, kind of had to do that. Yeah, I, and and like uh, we were talking earlier, like some of the best tracks on, you know, three and four were these tracks that I, I had never heard of, and even like today they're not big uh, names, but uh, they were mm-hmm. super fun to listen to.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they were. And you can edit the soundtrack, too, I remember. Yep. If you don't like any of the songs, you can just tell the game not to ever play it. <laughs> yeah,
1: so in what terms talk- of editing, what, what what kind of customization do you remember doing? Because one of my favorite things about uh, Underground 2 specifically was the fact that you could customize literally anything.
0: Yeah, you can create your player, you can create a park. Yeah. The a park is actually pretty
1: good, It's actually. very good, yeah. Yeah, me and Neil were actually talking about this off-air off about... How you can do customization in the other the pro skater games, but it's nowhere near the level of as the underground games.
0: Yeah, I spent like a weekend customizing a park once <laughs> as a kid, and for whatever reason, it didn't save, and oh, I was
1: Oh no! Oh
2: my god, <laughs> that would suck. Yeah, so but sorry for my your worst loss. nightmare. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Guys. <laughs> yeah, I only knew the park editor from the uh, the Tony Hawk Pro Skater games, which are fairly basic. It's more just like you have a parking lot area and you kind of just go from there. You just put in half mm-hmm. pipes and quarter pipes and rails and stuff like that, which was still fun because I didn't know anything else. But yeah, when Mike was telling me about all of the um, all of the uh, customizational options in this game. It, it's like, they really open that part of the game up, which is really
0: good. Oh, yeah. um, it's yeah. like Simsy too. You can add like mm-hmm. plants and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Decorations.
1: It, yeah. It, it was really like, they were just like, you know what? Let's, let the user do whatever they want. Like, I don't mm-hmm. care. <laughs> like <Yeah>. just figure <laughs> out. And, and another part of the customization that I don't know if you remember, but you could write out what you would like yell basically. Uh, like really? what, what your speech bubble would say at, at certain points. And you could just put as many swears <laughs> as you wanted in there. <laughs>
0: Oh man, I did not know that. I gotta go
1: back and play. <laughs> yeah, it was for certain areas. I guess maybe only on the custom maps that you could do that on. But when you gotcha. would like uh like you know, I, I you probably remember like sometimes when you would like miss a fall or something, you would like yell like ah and then like the speech bubble yep. would come up saying like oh like like, oh, and you go into freak out mode. Yeah, yeah. Freak yeah, out yeah. Mode.
0: yeah. You just mash Y. And if you if you mash it quick enough, then he breaks the board over his head and you get you get points for freaking out yeah. and throwing yep. your board. I do you remember that
2: actually? <laughs> trying to teach kids all about anger control issues. <laughs> yeah. In the early two thousands. Very effective.
0: Oh yeah. Very effective. Um, I'm gonna have to talk about what I think is potentially the greatest soundbite of any video game ever. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's it's the cutscene between Boston and Spain. Um, any fans out there probably know what I'm talking about. I don't know if I should repeat it because it's not really PC. Didn't really age well. <laughs> okay. But it's like it, it's the guy and girl talking, like uh, just like a random Boston guy and girl. Like he's hitting on her, and then Bam hits him with like a potato gun or something like that from the roof. <laughs> um, okay. I'll, I'll say it, and you guys can cut it out if you need to. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so it's like the guy is talking to the girl, and he's like, Donna, your rack is wicked awesome. And she's like, "Ah, oh, stop it. You're retarded. And he's like, no, you are.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, you can't not have a Boston accent saying that.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a poor imitation, but that, that's
2: – that's the words. That's I, I think say. it's accurate for the city of Boston. Yeah, that's. I think that's yeah.
1: accurate. Yeah, I, I, and and accurate for the voice acting talents of 2002. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh.
2: Yeah,
0: you can you can censor that if you need to. It's a
2: family pod. But... I don't know. I don't
0: know. <laughs> You're I like, is it a family it. pod? <laughs> uh,
2: yes, I think we do check off that it's kid friendly. But
0: <laughs> yeah. every time you up, we get something, acknowledge it. the fact that it's not. Uh, it's not a good word to use. then uh, you, can, you can leave it in <laughs> there. You go. <laughs> don't repeat that to your parents, please.
1: Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, should... is there anything else you'd like to say uh, about Underground 2? Just that I I
0: don't think my parents ever actually bought me the game. Yeah. I perma- I permanently borrowed it from my classmate Chancy McDonald. So, Thank you Chancy. Uh, we, we probably haven't spoken since I like grade 5, but but thank you for this game <laughs> and for me coming onto this podcast because of it.
2: Yeah, everyone everyone had to sneak the game like Mike had to rent it in hotel rooms when his mom wasn't around you had to steal it from friends to play it when I guess since your parents wouldn't buy it for you it's so weird how that was a thing back then but yeah Yeah. I mean this was one of those games that just kind of parents did not agree with at the time I get it (laughs) I understand (laughs) I suppose
1: (laughs) yeah Thank you so much, Jed. We always appreciate uh, your kind words. And uh, you, yeah, yeah, I've
0: got to give you a shout out at the end of every interview. Of course. Of course. And please,
2: drive, <laughs> sit, please, for the love of God, drive safe out there.
1: <laughs> yeah, drive safe on your skateboard back to trial. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: I will, I will. All right, thanks for having me on. Thank All right, you see you coming. later, Jed. Take care.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. That was what awesome. What a nice young man. What a nice young man.
2: Okay, cool. but first, we need to cover the last game on the Tony Hawk episode, which is Tony Hawk American Wasteland, which was released on October 18th, 2005, also available on PS2, Xbox, Xbox 360, and Windows. So now we're starting to get into that 360 generation here. This was the first uh, kind of not-quite-but-technically-true open-world Tony Hawk game where you would, there, there was no load times between areas, even though there were load times, they were just, uh, hidden behind you skateboarding through tunnels. There's uh, let's see, there's BMX incorporated here. So if you liked BMX triple X, uh, that's back, you can, uh, <laughs> grab BMX bikes in this game and, yep. uh, Switch over to those if you so choose to.
1: Yeah, that was a cool thing in that one where they actually, they took out the vehicle part of, of Underground because clearly that was not working and they kind of replaced it with just like BMX. And I believe you can uh, ride ATVs at some point in this game too.
2: Yeah, I think that's true. This game is this, I was far from the Tony Hawk series at this point. After the two thug games, uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skaters were were gone. So uh, I, I had fallen off this franchise at that point. But yeah, I think that they were pretty, they were a little more... Uh, conservative with the vehicles that you could use other than skateboards which was good uh another story mode so this one felt just a little bit more like a thug game than a pro skater game to me you arrive yeah you're like a kid from a small town you go to the big city no one likes you for whatever reason (laughs) i don't know why in these games whenever you move you're automatically a dick (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, yeah the character in this game is not nice actually he kind of like is angry at everyone because he's like a teenager who ran away from home from kentucky
2: right kentucky as they call it in the game. (laughs) that's right again like i said i didn't i haven't ever actually played this game i've seen this game at, at stores and things like that i hate the box art of this one the box art is terrible this one this reminds me of like it, it, it belongs next to avril lavigne's uh what is it Girl, best damn thing album. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah it like just... the pink
2: black and white it looks like avril lavigne from the mid-2000s it's
1: it's from that era it's it's it's, yep. it's that trying to move on era which is not working well <laughs>
2: it was when it was when skate punk was kind of becoming uncool and pop punk was becoming the more like the neon punk era yeah. was becoming more cool
1: yeah it's uh so the game itself is not great uh from what i i remember I know, like, yeah, the story is, yeah, you're this kid who runs away, and you get dropped off on the bus, and you're someone, this Mindy girl, aka Spinelli. It's she's literally yeah. the Spinelli. Like that's how, yes. she, like, as soon as I heard her, I was like, this is Spinelli. Yeah. <laughs> and, Tony Hawk loves reset. Right. <laughs> yeah, Spinelli Lawson. <laughs> <laughs> and but it's the the cutscenes in this game. Oh my god, the graphics are terrible. Yeah. How are the cutscenes graphics worse than the gameplay graphics?
2: I don't know. I thought there was an issue with my computer when I was watching them. I was like, "Am I watching?" And I was watching like a three sixty port or whatever, like a three sixty footage, and it was like it's, it's blurry. Like it's not sharp at all. Like again, like I said, like the Tony Hawk Pro Skater uh, three specifically still looks fantastic. Yeah. And then you you move on to Tony Hawk underground 2 and now this one it's like they're getting worse and then i think they even got worse after this to be <laughs> honest like i've seen some gameplay of ride and and proving ground or whatever and it doesn't get better
1: no yeah it's it, i guess cuz they kind of just gave up on making better graphics for them for whatever reason I don't even know. though that would have been an easy thing to do
2: a pretty skateboarding game would be fantastic and again we're getting it with the remakes they look fantastic mm-hmm. but and, I, like, even with Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5, which came out in 2016, looks terrible, too. So, like, this is probably going to be, like, the first time in almost 20 years where they've made, like, a good-looking Tony Hawk game. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's, Because yeah. uh, Thug is probably, like, Thug is still pretty good in terms of, like...
2: It's it's, it's do it's manageable. Yeah. You can, you can go back to it and not think, like, what am I looking at? No, like, because, it's not that because
1: bad. the gameplay, I would say, is so strong, right? And, sure. like, while Thug's story is, is a little out there, it's not as crazy as, uh, as Thug 2. But Mm -hmm. it also isn't intrusive on the gameplay which i think is what makes thug really good is that the story is quite short there's not a lot going on but that you don't need a lot going on no right it's kind of like a just cause uh uh, syndrome right just cause 2 was really good because there was a story quote unquote but like you're not playing it for the story no but then american wasteland comes along and it's almost like it focuses only on the
2: story yeah, it's a far more story-heavy game, and then the gameplay itself was—it uh, was criticized for being easier than past games. Like, yeah. it, it wasn't—it wasn't challenging. It wasn't like the old games where you had to hit insane points and things like that, and, and tie together combos. So, yeah, they were trying to make like a really story-heavy skateboarding game, which I don't know if anybody was really asking for. Maybe they just thought because of the, the underground games being so popular that if they just leaned into that more, maybe they're losing the um, the, the players that liked the arcadiness and the high-score nature of video games, but.
1: They didn't even lean into it for the ridiculousness of, like, Underground 2, which they could have at that time. I mean, obviously now you wouldn't, but, like, then they had the ability to, but they didn't go that way. They went, like, the just pure story yeah. uh, aspect of it, and, like, like a, it's almost like a be-a-pro style. It's like, oh, I'm gonna, like, go through the ranks here, but, like, not in a very fun way. Also, I'm this character that I don't like, and I can't customize yeah, I don't you you couldn't customize an, an American Wasteland,
2: right? Not really, like clothing no. and stuff like that, sure, but like yeah, yeah they kind of that's like the first again, like I was watching gameplay of this game just before the uh before we recorded and it's like 15 minutes before you actually start playing the game or 25 minutes where you're going through tutorials, you're going you're learning how to buy clothing and stuff like that, you're learning how to do a kickflip, which is just outrageous in a in a skateboarding game like like this game <laughs> should be you're playing within 5 seconds of the game starting. Like Tony Hawk games should be start <laughs> (laughs) Press start and go, which is like the the pro skater games were fantastic at. You pick your course, it loaded quickly and play bad religion. You're going now. Like that's basically like you figure out how to do a kickflip. I don't know. Um, I, I
1: will say the soundtrack uh, for this game, though, was very cool because a lot of it—I uh, think almost all of the, uh, the songs were covers. Yes,
2: I wanted to talk to you about that. Yeah, um, yes. the very two thousand, very mid two thousands. I think they actually got probably the best of the best of the mid two thousands punk bands here. They took a break from going into the deep well of like Bad Religion and NoFX. They pulled out bands like My Chemical Romance, Taking Back Sunday, Thrice, Fall Out Boy, Alkaline Trio, and Rise Against. They were covering bands like The Misfits, Descendants, and Minor Threat.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was very much like an '80s punk feel. Yeah. When I was well, when I was watching that, I was like, "Ooh, this is sick!" Like, and, and I'm I'm a big fan of '80s punk. and never gets enough credit. Like Fear, there's a song by Fear. Yeah, here. it's, <laughs> in it's here. crazy. Yeah, I don't know.
2: Like, I don't know. I don't know if you can find the the covers or anything like that, like as an album or as a CD or on Spotify, but. They should just go ahead and re-release this soundtrack as a, on vinyl or something like that. It might do pretty well. Maybe just change the cover.
1: Well, the cover, the cover for the the, the soundtrack is kind of cool. It's um, it's a clash. Oh
2: yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. But with Tony Hawk smashing a skateboard instead, yeah, which is Tony really cool. Tony
2: Hawk on the X and Y axis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the smashing the skateboard. Yeah, that would be kind of cool.
1: Yeah, that mm-hmm. that I, I wish that was the cover of the game.
2: <laughs> that would be so sick. That would have been awesome. Yeah, no, I love the soundtrack of this one. It definitely comes back. It's interesting that they did covers, a new take, um, better than just having My Chemical Romance playing "I'm Not Okay" for the millionth time.
1: Yeah, it's. I'd say it's probably my favorite soundtrack, other than uh priscator Two. I think it is. Which which is the which is the one that has Bad Religion's "You" on it? That's that two. two. That's two. yeah, yeah. I'd say. It's, it's, Pro Skater 2 is like the best soundtrack ever made.
2: Yeah, I think that has uh, Rage Against the Machine on there too. Goldfinger's on one Superman. Yes, yeah. That's one. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. because that's the documentary that's uh, coming out, Believing I'm a Superman.
2: Yep, fantastic documentary. Can't wait to see that one. It's going to be great. Um, And then for the last thing we need to cover in this this for Tony Hawk's American Wasteland is obviously the characters you can play as, which in this one was very lean. The only ones of note I could find were Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day and -hmm. Little John. (laughs) <laughs> okay, that's funny. Yeah. I didn't know that. I think there were a few other artists in there you could play as, but I thought it was just kind of weird that they didn't throw in any Darth Mauls or Shreks or anything like that.
1: <laughs> and it looks like in terms of ratings for this game, it gets around a, like a 75 or yep. 7.5 kind of, yep. which uh, is like another decline from Underground 2. Yes. It, it just seems like a decline... Because I think they did really get it with Underground. And I'm, I'm just going to gush over Underground <laughs> constantly, forever. Sure. But I, I do think that, that that's where they, they peaked uh, in terms of that kind of gameplay. I mean, obviously, like you can argue they peaked in terms of Tony Hawk in general with Pro Skater 3. But in terms of like going to like a more evolved style of gameplay, I think they definitely peaked with
2: uh, Underground One. Sure, Underground felt like a new franchise in skateboarding. Like it had Tony Hawk's name and everything, but I consider that to be like a different skew of of, yep. of skateboarding games completely. Like you have your arcade Tony Hawk Pro Skater games, and then you have your story, your story bound thug type games. And
1: and I I'd argue it's really the only or one of the few times that a game has like. Try to take on the adventures Mm -hmm. kind of uh, mantle, you know, in terms of just changing it up, and was successful at it.
2: Yeah, I would say Thug is one of another one of those games to join the list of games that went from just a very one-dimensional style of game, which is just it does this one thing really well, and and like like Pac-Man tried to do. And uh, Pac-Man wasn't quite as good as these ones were.
1: I mean, I would even say Star Fox too is like, you know, it's uh, because where the Tony H- Tony Hawk Underground didn't isolate the fans of Star Fox of of Tony of Hawk, Tony Hawk, yeah, like how Star Fox Adventures isolated the fans of yeah Star Fox, right? Because Tony Hawk fans still loved it Underground. It just was like, oh, good, more Tony Hawk, and this is fantastic. I can customize stuff.
2: And then uh, the game eventually, or the franchise eventually went down a deep spiral like you said mid sevens you can see that decline I think the ones after this kept being like in the sixes and sevens range in terms of reviews it got very gimmicky with you could buy fake skateboards to keep in your living room to do motion controls which is what (laughs) that generation was all about Mm -hmm. and of course there was Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5 which we're not going to talk about all right Mike just before we close out American Wasteland here I have to read the back of the case so here we go The first free-roaming Tony Hawk game. Skate LA as one massive streaming world. No loading. Choose board or bike. Customize your look. Deck and tricks. All in-game. Freedom to ride forever. Bust new mind-blowing tricks. And then it's got all the soundtrack people on there, but we're good with that. Thank you. But anyway, let's try and end it on a happy note. I absolutely love the Tony Hawk franchise, and I'm really hoping that 1 and 2 just brings it back to life, and maybe we'll get to see a Tony Hawk Pro Skater 6, or maybe a remake of the Thug games, or maybe 3 and 4. I I don't want to just keep hanging my hat on remakes of games being made. I'd love to see some new stuff come out. But like I've said, I haven't actually played 1 and 2 since I didn't own a PS1. So I'm really hoping that we get some more games in the franchise. Cause I think skateboarding, even though it's not as big as it was in the two thousands, I think there's definitely still a market for video game skateboarding for people like us that can't yeah. do a kickflip.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, a hundred percent. And, and I think I'd like to see Thug come back in in a, in a different way. I think that's, I can't see them making a new pro skater game. I can see them doing just remakes because there's not a whole lot you can offer an audience for a new pro skater game where I can see a new underground game being made at some point. That's where you can offer a lot more to the audience.
2: Me too, and I can see like with a thug game coming back too as well because I I think that it's just a great way to make like you said a snapshot of the era. Like if you were to make a thug game in 2000 and let's say 21, just to be conservative, you would have like the skateboarders doing videos on TikTok, they'd have Instagram pages and YouTube pages and everything like that patreons or whatever and that would be like something that in 15 years we'll look back at and think oh my god that was so 2020
1: <laughs> but yeah you can do that in a good way right absolutely you
2: can, and like underground
1: did a perfect time capsule for it without it right you know without it taking away from anything and i think that's it's that's a really tough line mm-hmm. and, uh, and i think a, a lot of games and a lot of entertainment in this era does a really bad job of it yeah uh, where you you are watching it and you're already like wow this is at a date <laughs>
2: And I think they could do it. I mean, I say they, uh, Neversoft is gone, but maybe Vicarious Visions will be given the keys to the castle. Yeah. We'll see. But Mike, if you had to select one of these five games for the folks out there to pick up, which one would you suggest?
1: I would suggest Underground. No surprise there, because that is one of my favorite games. I think it really does have everything. And honestly, I, I do honestly try not to have bias here, but I do think if you were to go into a Tony Hawk game, blind you've never played Tony Hawk games before I think underground one actually would be the best thing to play because of the idea that you can do kind of whatever and you have a lot more freedom than the other games
2: yeah no that's a good choice um I I would have to go with as I people can probably figure out I would go with Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 that's the game that got Mm -hmm. me into the franchise it's one of my earliest GameCube memories and I still play I was I've been playing it this week I'm actually somewhat addicted to it the same way I was with Pikmin (laughs) where I'm trying to 100% every level and everything like that before I move on to the next one it's just so addicting the gameplay. So I would have to go with Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 and I'm currently looking for Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4 when I go to stores. If I find it, I'll <laughs> nice. definitely pick it up. Yeah, cuz just it sounds like carrying on the tradition of Tony Hawk Pro Skaters and I can't buy any more Pro Skaters on GameCube, so I'll look for that one.
1: I do want to say one thing before we close off the episode here. Yeah. And I just want to I just want to say thank you to the Tony Hawk games uh just because they were such a big part of all of our childhood and just our lives in general at that time. And they they got kids outside. They got kids to try skateboarding. Yeah. They got tr- kids to to experience this whole new world of things that uh, uh, that they never had before. And it was all because of a video game. Mm-hmm. You know, it was all because of just this one game that that changed everything and changed the landscape of the video game industry forever and i think it's just a monumental thing to to touch on and i just wanted to say that
2: yeah no it's i love it when video games can get kids to or people in general to do something outside of gaming cuz i think gaming is a great hobby and it's it is for everyone but i also think that real life things are important too
1: like it's it's i know it's kind of a cliche word to use but it honestly was it was inspiring for me as a kid it, it was it still brings a level of joy that i can't really describe Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people would agree with me on that. And it's, uh, and that's how you know it's, it's a cultural impact rather than just a game.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. But Mike, before you get people crying while they're listening to this episode <laughs> because it's just getting so damn emotional, why don't we close out the episode and uh, you let the listeners know what they can expect on episode 17 of the GameCube Was Cool podcast. All right.
1: Episode 17 is going to all be about the NFL football season, which is starting next week on Thursday. If it starts, we'll see what COVID has to say. Who knows? We could all be dead by then. (laughs) We could all be dead and we might not even be talking about football and we might be talking about something else. But for now, as it stands, it will be the football episode. We will be talking about all the Madden games that we have for the GameCube. There are a lot of them Uh, There's also a couple of college games as well and a couple of strange games like NFL Quarterback Club. So uh, that's going to be fun. And we're going to have some friends of the show on. We're going to have Harrison and Brian to talk about football games and talk about Madden.
2: Oh, cool. That sounds fantastic because I don't know anything about football for the most part. So it's going to be another Neil doesn't know anything about sports episode. Can't wait. That's
1: why we're bringing on guests.
2: Yep. That's why we have to bring (laughs) on guests. Fantastic. Fantastic. Hmm. Well, that was a fun episode. I was, I've was i been looking forward to this one. Uh, hopefully uh, everyone out there loved it. And uh, we thank you all for your support again. And uh, hope you all stay safe and have a great week.
1: See you later.
3: GameCube. Over 600 games you've never heard of. GameCube. The product of what happens when you think inside the box. Game.